This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Emmett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. This is episode 300. Yay. Yay. Oh my God. You just popped a bottle of stuff. Champagne. Yay. Well, it's not champagne. It's sparkling wine. Thank you. Happy 300 episodes, my friend. We did it. They said it couldn't be done. (laughs) No one said that. No, everybody was saying that. And by everyone, I mean my parents. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, you 300 too. episodes. Sweet. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. So um, if you've been listening the last couple of weeks, I put out a call for um, just listeners who've been listening for however long and sort of how the podcast has helped them on their journey or affected them in whatever way. And boy, oh boy, y'all showed up. Yeah. Um, I have, Lots of letters. I have a lot of them. I won't be able to get them all. So if you sent us... An email, and I don't get to it. I'm really sorry. And we can't even read the full letters in a lot of cases because they were really long. Really long. Which really... was amazing to read. Yeah, it was really lovely. Also, I got a new mic. Look at that. So, And to that, we could thank uh, our latest new Patreon yes. supporters. Thank you, you guys. Thank you to Miriam K., Terry C., Carl B., Rob S., Cudgel, Amy S., and Ted H. Hear that? Thank you so much. I hear the champagne uh-huh. in my ears. Uh, yeah. While you are... Oh, so we'll intersperse some of those letters. Take that letters. This American life. We can do cool shit, too. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about some stories that we want to talk about this week, and we'll intersperse them with some of your messages, which yeah. were just... We wanted to share them. They were fun to read. Yeah, they were really wonderful. Um, can we kick off with some? Because I think we have more, oh, many, sure. many, many more start emails off, than stories. Start off with a nice one. They're all nice. Oh, right. <laughs> We won't read the mean ones. <laughs> there were no mean ones. Um, so I'm going to read this first one from Morgan, who we both met when she came to our meetup in Chicago in October. Um, fun story about Morgan. Apparently, I think this is Morgan. Apparently, she saw my mom at the bar before I got there and saw her was like, that looks like Jess because my mom and I have the same face. And nice. also she came down from Kalamazoo with her uh, non-listener spouse, which was incredible. <laughs> anyway, my mom has been dining out on those two stories for Aww. months. She loved it. Um, my period of enlightenment began when I read The God Delusion in the summer of 2018 and realized that I've been brainwashed to believe BS since birth. During my identity crisis, I searched on Stitcher for, athe- for atheism and found you. I was already sure I didn't believe in God at that point, but was still struggling to accept my non-belief as I was raised conservative Christian. Your podcast was my first introduction to atheism as not a dirty word, as, as, it, as it is in the Christian culture. It didn't take long for me to realize that I was one of you and officially replaced my Christian label with atheist. Now I'm completely comfortable in my non-belief, and I attribute a lot of it to listening to you, to you two every week. I will never forget how the Friendly Atheist podcast opened up my eyes and mind to the real world and helped me escape the mental pr- prison of religion. Aww. That was one of the longer ones because I just thought it was... A really nice story. I'm going to read a shorter one Yeah. Um, from Marco. I've been a, a listener since the first episode and learned a ton of things from the both of you. Being an atheist from Texas, I always have been centered right, centered right in the middle, 
But since listening to the podcast, my views have shifted slightly left. I used to think like Bill Burr when it came to feminism, and I've completely changed my views. (laughs) I asked a friend what Bill Burr's views were on feminism because I could not bring myself to watch like a 20-minute YouTube video. (laughs) Not strong. (laughs) So, so Marco, I'm glad we we helped. That's awesome. Uh, So on the same line. Yes. Uh, let's talk about this 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 guy. Okay, there was a <laughs> in Savannah, Georgia. There was a run, a ten k run, mm-hmm. and so lots of people doing this thing because apparently there are people out there who run for fun. I've run a ten k. Sure, I have. Good for I've run a five k, and I put run in very big quotation marks. <laughs> well, I ran twice as many as you, so nice. You win it. this one. So they're running. There's a local news team there because uh-huh. it's a local thing to do. And this uh, woman is just talking about, hey, they're doing this run here and it's nice. And I'm assuming it's for charity or something. Uh-huh. And as go- people are running past and the reporter is talking to the camera, a guy just runs past and slaps her ass. <sighs> and you could see the visible look of shock on her face as she's trying to do the professional thing in reporting, but also she's human and she's like, what the hell did this guy I just do? I dropped that fucking gun after his ass. Right? He's been running for like four miles already. I can catch him. She tweeted uh, like right after that to the man who smacked my butt on live TV this morning. You violated, objectified and embarrassed me. No woman should ever have to put up with this at work or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Do better. Uh, at the time, we didn't know who it was. Right. And it didn't take long for people to like zoom in, figure <laughs> out his badge number and figure out who it was. Guess who it turns out he is. Oh, this was such a great plot twist. Because that this story already sucks. Like, right. it sucked that a dude did this. Tell me more about him. He's a Christian youth leader. What? At a Methodist church. And a couple of things have happened. Like, first of all, I've heard different labels attached to this guy. So I've heard him referred to as a pastor and a minister. I've heard youth minister. Youth minister. I have contacted... The church, and they haven't gotten back to me yet. Uh-huh. But uh, he is, I don't know. Do they have something else going but on? But youth leader, whatever you want to take that as, is the best thing I've heard this referred to. But the church still hasn't commented on any of this. And here's where we're at. Like, so far, the Savannah Sports Council, which ran the race, mm-hmm. they're like, this guy's banned forever sure. from our races. The guy's lawyer put out a statement saying, uh, among other things, Tommy Calloway, Tommy, Tommy is a loving husband and father who is very active in his community. Sure. We do not expect any criminal charges to arise from this incident, and we are working with those involved to correct the situation. So, you know, loving husband, devoted father, sort of to apologize. Christian leader, sort of guy who slaps women on the ass randomly. Ugh. That makes me feel so icky. (laughs) So as of yesterday, I believe, the guy has since come out of the shadows because he shut down social media and stuff. Sure. He's now come out and basically... You could decide if this is a good apology. Can I can I place my bet before I hear it? Yes. Not. Uh-huh. So he basically says, I was... I'm quoting here. This is what he said to a local TV... Uh, um, this is what he said to Inside Edition. Okay. I was getting ready to bring my hands up and wave to the camera, mm-hmm. to the audience, and there was a misjudgment in character and decision-making. I touched her back. I didn't know exactly where I touched her. So there's part of the Wait. apology. Hold on, hold on, hold yes. on. Did he touch her by accident while trying to wave, or did he touch her on purpose but was My aiming for her back? My guess is neither, back? because neither of those 
actually describes you know what that everyone thing that see. people do when they slap you on the back when you're reporting <laughs> you know that regular human thing that human people do yes and then he goes on to say, I totally agree 100% with her statement, the one I just read to you on the tweet. The two most important words were her last two words, do better, and that's my intention. If I did see her facial reaction, I would have been embarrassed, felt ashamed, and, if, and I would have stopped, turned around, and apologized to her. As if he needed the reaction to realize, oh, that's wrong? I'm not supposed to touch women? Yeah, oh. you know, it's funny because if I strangle people from behind, yeah. I can't see their face. Oh, then you so, can keep doing so it. So I don't know how it works. what the effect is. But yeah. if I'm face-to-face, if I'm like locked in with them, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, ha- I have to be doing this. I have to touch you, please. He's also a Boy Scout leader, by the way, because well. of course he is. <sighs> so anyway, uh the church hasn't said anything about this. They haven't said if they're going to discipline him for something he did when he wasn't, like, on the clock. Right. But also, this isn't the sort of thing that ever gets punished for real. So it's right. really just a matter of how is how is he going to deal with it. She, by the way, I don't think she said, like, I accept the apology. She's, I think she rightly just kind of said... I heard it <laughs> like I'm cool. I'm paraphrasing that she right. said, whether I'm open to hearing his apology or not, I want to take my time with that. I think what it really comes down to is he helped himself to a part of my body. Yeah. Which is wow. accurate. She's, she's badass. very good at like laying that case out. Yeah. And helped this guy, every time body. he keeps Damn. talking, it doesn't make him look better. And, uh, I'll let you, I'll let you read a couple uh, more. Cause there's another story that is along these same lines Similar. that I want to talk about. Okay, um, I want to read this letter from Ethan. And I, I'm, I don't know if I made it clear, but I did cut them all down. Yeah. They, they should still be getting the point across in like pull single words. Jessica and Hammond are the <laughs> best. Um, so this is from Ethan. I started listening to your podcast back in 2017. I was questioned for mo- most of my life, but at this point I was a new closeted atheist. I listened because it made me feel like I had a community... Uh, Community, like there are others out there like me. Since then, I've come out to my wife, who's a Christian, as an atheist, stopped going to church, started on the path to get my mental health in check, yay, that was me, um, and started understanding more about myself. Turns out I'm pansexual, which I never would have let myself admit two years ago. I'm happier, healthier, and still love listening to you both every Friday. So a lot of these, the theme I've noticed, a lot of people have like come around to their atheism, but to me, the more gratifying stuff is like, oh, I worked on my mental health, or I learned about feminism, or I am pro-choice now, or what? actually there's one I want to find, because I really liked it. It's from Mel, and I bolded it, so I didn't miss it. Do you want me Mel. to keep... Nope, found yep, it. Go for it. Mel, not Mel, sorry. Um, your podcast also coincided, uh, coincided with me being able to make new friends and come out to myself and others as a trans woman, and it has been incredibly important knowing that there is a place for LGBT people and atheism and your continued support as the issues we face, which are so threaded together with church and state separation, has given me hope and cause to become more active socially and politically as I get to be more authentically myself. So thank you both. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Let so me do one more short please, one. Yes. Uh, this is from G- I'm, I'm going to cram jam these in here because they're all great. And Daddy's bringing over a toy. If you hear crunching, that's what that is. From Joy, thanks to your podcast and a recommended reading from you guys. I went from a nun to a full-blown atheist and not afraid to say it in the past two years. Aw. Yeah. That's awesome. I wanted to update people on this anti-theism conference we uh, talked about last yeah. week. Where they had Are the- we on the radar? Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they had uh, a couple of... Oh, one of the co-organizers did this interview where he 
basically laughed off the idea that sexual assault was a problem and inviting an alleged predator on stage was a problem. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we've all done it, whatever. (laughs) Um, And it didn't, it wasn't good. And I think this happened when we talked about it. He has since been, quote unquote, fired. Um, And there's now the one other organizer. So I've been in conversation with this guy for several days now because I wrote about it on the website. We talked about it on the podcast. And... This other guy, is his name is John Richards. He's trying to salvage whatever was a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working. Uh-huh. Um, and I think part of it is he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So he's sure. like, but look, I did the thing. So why is everyone still mad at me? And it's like, because you didn't actually fix the problems. Because right. you don't understand them. And, and I don't, don't care think, to learn. And you don't care to learn it. So anyway... Among the many things they've done to try to fix it. First, they fired this other guy, right? Mm -hmm. So my question is, well, then what's his role in the conference now? The guy who made all those horrible comments is, okay, he's off the website. Fine. He's not going to speak at the conference. That's nice. Is he sponsoring it? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be allowed at the conference? Because he seems like the sort of guy who gets in trouble. Sure. Like, what's going on? I have not gotten a straight answer to that. Cool. So he's, like, fired, but I guess he may still play a role here. Who knows? So he'll probably attend at the very least. Who knows? Okay, because they're not being transparent. Lawrence Krauss, the alleged predator who is invited to speak Mm -hmm. there, and that was the crux of the problem. Like, hey, this guy's been accused of some pretty heinous stuff not by one woman by like multiple people and the only reason like nothing has happened is because at the university he used to work at Mm -hmm. before they could do a thorough investigation he's like well i quit see you never nerds yeah and so he just walked away and again this is not the sort of thing that uh, there are criminal charges against often for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. but it's more like oh his behavior is one that you either don't believe or Mm -hmm. you don't take seriously it's one or the other care about it and so they invited him on stage but here's what they said one of the youtubers and there have been several who has spoken out a lot about the problems with this conference Mm -hmm. is a woman i believe from britain uh but rachel oates i like her material she does a lot of good stuff Mm -hmm. and one of the and she's spoken out against a lot of the stuff we talked about so he said And I'm quoting in an email he sent to me. And I feel like, you know what? I say this on my website anyway. Uh When you send me an email, I get the right to do what I want with it. Yeah. If you send me something personal, I'm not going to share that. Right. But when you say something stupid and you're trolling me or something, I can I can totally just say, oh, look, someone wrote this. He said, oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things he did, I have invited. I'm quoting. I've invited Rachel Oates, a YouTube campaigner against Mm -hmm. sexism among other things, to advise me on the devising of a suitable safeguarding policy for the event. Basically a policy. Sure. Um, And I have offered her a paid opportunity to address the convention on the scourge of misogyny. Okay. Okay. Again, this is the sort of thing you do when you don't know what else to do. It's like, look, I'm giving her a presence. on. And by the way, none of this has anything to do with Rachel. If she accepts it, that's her decision. If she doesn't, it's on her. I'm not critiquing anything no. about her here but the idea that oh we're still going to invite the alleged sexual predator but don't worry we're also inviting this someone to speak about the scourge of misogyny at the same time therefore we're doing the right thing because both sides misogyny i guess yeah 
y'all can't have it both ways, my dude. Like, you can't. You can't say... Thank you, Rachel, for your speech on misogyny. Now onto the stage of sexual predator. Don't worry, Rachel. You won't be in the same room as Lawrence Krauss. We know what happens when that happens. Remember, like, this is the same guy who said, don't worry about Lawrence Krauss. His wife will be there. As brother. if, as if it's the wife's job to keep him from touching oh, people. I'm sorry. Have you not gotten the memo? Women are responsible <laughs> for their men. And so also, if a woman is cheated on, it's her he, fault. If he, she cheats, also her fault. Right. And he also made a separate video. This yeah. guy, John, on YouTube. It is still public. Uh-huh. That basically saying very condescendingly, like. Rachel, since you won't answer my email, I'm paraphrasing this, like, since you won't answer my email, I'm going to make this video basically saying, help me devise a conference policy that involves, like, a harassment policy. Is she the only human woman he knows? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? So, and, by the way, he's basically saying, it's on you now. You do the work. You create the policy that you want me to implement. <laughs> like, no, don't. Ask, don't talk to her goes. like you want this so badly. Then you make it for us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just. Dude, don't, you're not doing yeah, a good job. Not of this. helping. And then this is back to me now because this is all about me. <laughs> um, I must say, though, that you have gone down in my estimation. After years of being a fan, I find that you make cheap shots at your fellow, quote, atheists. Wait. How dare you speak out against hold my on, Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. I need to talk about the scare yes. quotes. Is he implying that he's not a real atheist? I, that's I don't what really that know what imply. the scare quotes are about. Um, wh- one of the things we talked about with the, the cost of this convention, sure. which was a lot. But that was he's like, that was for the VIP tickets. Regular tickets, he would like me to tell everyone, are 199 pounds or euro or 129 um, and if they do first 10 of our listeners who order a weekend pass before the end of the year, $50 off if they use the code friendly at of checkout. Our listeners? Yeah. And my- <laughs> Are, I'm sorry. Is he paying us to advertise his thing? I maybe. Okay. I will say that's a very reasonable price for a convention. That would be. It's still a lot. And also that's not the issue that the yeah. reason people brought up the pricing is like, Wait, wait, let's get this straight. You invited the Predator on stage and, like, yourself Uh and a couple of other people with varying degrees of notoriety, but also, uh, like, a thousand euro for this VIP treatment. It's like, dude, you you are not a thing yet. You're not Comic-Con. Relax, Sure. But also, okay, fine. I get that a conference takes money to put on. I've said this before. I know tickets are going to be there. But it's just the way they came across, like, this is the event of the century. Yeah, it was pretty That's over, the issue. It's not overwrought. just the pricing. But then I didn't respond to that email, oh, so I got another you. one. Oh, it gets better. Am I going to get satisfaction in the form of a public apology? <laughs> or do... Or, I'm not done yet. Yeah, go ahead. Or do I have to complain to Patheos? Oh, no. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Do I have to tell your bosses about you? I'm like, so I wrote back. Do I have back, to tell your bosses that you said a true thing? Yeah, I quoted How you directly. How could you haven't? So I wrote back, oh, please complain. I beg of you, please complain. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard from them since. Um, if he's listening, I have a couple things I would like mm-hmm. to say. One is, um, I think the problem is, it seems like you're trying to backpedal out of this like weird niche you found yourself into and the problem that i'm having is that it does not seem that you understand why it's problematic that you have invited 
a known sexual predator, alleged sexual predator to your, to your convention, which it, it telegraphs to the women who are planning on attending or considering attending that their safety is not as important as you as getting that in this name, name onto the stage. Yeah, right. Your friend with his hella problematic garbage about who among us hasn't raped is a whole other thing, and I suggest you reevaluate that friendship because you might be friends with a literal predator. Three, your or someone who doesn't care about it. Yeah, which isn't. I was going to say just as bad. It's not as bad. Being a predator is worse. <laughs> it's not great, though. Again, ignorance is one thing. What I don't get is I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to this stuff. Because when you're, again, I've said this before in defense of these types of events, which is a lot of people run them with the best of intentions. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing. Right. And the problem with that is you, it's... I know how much money these things cost to put on. Mm -hmm. I know the benefit of staging these things. But if you don't know how to run it properly Mm -hmm. and you don't have advice coming in from a bunch of people who have done it a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you're going to make a lot of these dumb mistakes. And I think, okay, in the best possible light, his argument is, let me get a couple of really famous atheists that that would actually come to this. I'll try to get a couple of, I don't know, B-list atheists, whatever. It's a stupid list I just made up. No, yeah. Um, but I'll get a couple of other people that maybe some people know. Uh-huh. We'll get together in a room. But then to hype that up as if this is the biggest event ever, yeah. it's not. It's the first time you've done it. To pretend we're going to give awards away to, nomin- to to people for their activism. And if you get an award, it's going to mean big things for you. Right. No, it won't. Right. To sell it, the prices to people for this shit show yeah, it- that... That are ridiculously high, not just like... It just reads to me like... Even if it's VIP. Yeah, I don't know. VIP for a convention like this is not really VIP. I'll say that too. If you're inviting me to your conference and you're like, here's a VIP, give us $1,000. I hope you are making a donation because I am not worth that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, to me, this just very much reads of... Two guys who don't necessarily know what they're doing, which is fine. Like, like, but jokes on me, nobody it. knows what they're yes, doing. Yes, but go learn. Get advice from people right. first. If you want Rachel's input on this, that's great. I would advise you to do that. But don't do that, like... Don't do it publicly. And, then and don't like, do it after the fact, after right. you screwed up. And, like, then it's, oh, well, if you don't like the policy, blame her. Right. We asked. This sort of has shades of... Um, Fire, 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 fire fest? fest. Oh, which they um, have been compared to. Oh, or, have no, they? I'm sorry, not them. That was another atheist doing stupid things. But it just um, it, and got very upset. It kind of those. reads like that to me of like a couple guys who maybe have good intentions and like want to try to do something cool and great, but like failed to do the legwork and just assumed it would all come together for them. And then as soon as they hit a speed bump, one guy lost his whole goddamn mind, and the other one is left cleaning up the scraps, which is an unenviable position. But also, you did not do the legwork to do this thing guys if you're planning a public event invite women and invite people of color into it because guess what we have perspectives that you might not have just anyone who's not you just ask for advice because these people did it without thinking i don't know what their organization team looks like but if it's a bunch of people who think exactly like you and this is the point you're getting at like of course you're gonna make these mistakes yeah and again i've 
I've learned because people spoke up about the problems with this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was years ago. Right. Like, and atheist conventions as a whole, if that's a thing you like to go to, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, even though the convention attendance has probably gotten gone down because I don't think it's as popular as much as right. a thing to do. Well, and the uh, conventions conference themselves. attendance overall has, has gone down, yeah, not but, just in the atheist world. But the ones that are professional and that happen every mm-hmm. year and are run by people who know what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, anecdotally, they seem to have gotten better by and large in a lot of ways. They're more diverse speakers. The policies right. are in place. I'm not saying they all work or whatever. Right. But in terms of like basic stuff that any conference organizer could tell you to do, uh-huh. yeah, it tends to fit that profile. Right. They're running it professionally, not as, let's just gather a bunch of, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Let's Too talk bad. happy things. No, I have to read things yes, first. Yes, read things. That's what I mean by happy because I don't oh. have any good news here. <laughs> no, I, I lie. I'll give you a happy story after this. Okay. Um, let me go to Jenny. Uh, so, okay, this is, I picked up halfway. So thank you for your guidance. I like the articles, videos, and podcasts. I love how political you are. And I also think that religion and government shouldn't happen at all. And my country is a good example of that. I'm in Nicaragua, one of the five countries where abortion is prohibited in all circumstances. So I think your activism is truly important. In my country, we have a dictatorship, so we can't protest because if we do, we get imprisoned. Things can get things can get truly ugly when religion gets intertwined with government, which is yes, yeah. I mean, say what you will about America, and I have. I mean, it's worse in some places. Yeah. Um, From Darren, uh, I can't say your podcast has helped me necessarily in the realm of atheism, but it has helped me in the realm of my stance on abortion rights. Living in Texas, I'm surrounded by constant anti-abortion rhetoric. I used to lean more on the anti-choice side because I saw it as I saw it as the woman wouldn't die from having that baby and we shouldn't have to kill a human being because someone just just doesn't want to be a parent. Thanks to both of your arguments and Jessica's constant yelling and cursing on this issue. <laughs> oh, cussing. Uh, I have come to the nuance that the pro-choice argument is really to... Uh, I've come to see the nuance to the pro-choice argument and really to see that at the end of the day, the woman has the ultimate right to choose her own fate and what happens to her body and a clump of cells feeding off her body does not have more rights than the living, breathing, feeling, thinking woman. Um, which I thought was very good. That's yeah. Darren. Do one more. Um, yes. From Kristen, I've used your reporting to talk with my Christian friends and spread awareness on social media. I'm finally comfortable now with my non-theism, and I look forward to someone questioning my beliefs. I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I do know a few things are worth fighting for. Church-state separation is one of them. Thank you for all you do. That's awesome. Let's talk about this guy in Georgia. So we talked about him earlier this year, And basically, there's a city in Georgia. It's called Hoxton. I hope I'm saying that correct. Um, But basically... Is there an X in that? uh, Sure. Uh, No. But they have a city council. And the story that happened earlier this year, and I'm paraphrasing here, the mayor basically uh, had a black guy... Apply for a black guy applied for a job with yeah. the city. The mayor was racist. The guy didn't get the job. It I was pretty that. easy to see that he didn't get hired or even considered because he was black. He didn't do anything with that. He said, "Like I'm moving on with my life, moving on." Sure. Um, but at one of the city council meetings, right after that whole thing happened, Hushton. Sorry. Um, one of the things that happened is Jim Cleveland, the city council member. Said during the meeting, you know, we're a pretty, we're a predominantly white community 
as if mm-hmm. to cover the mayor's ass there. Sure. And then he kept talking. And we're going to keep it that way. Yeah. Well, here's what he said. <laughs> and keep in mind, the question was like, they were discussing the city's racism against this guy. Uh-huh. Here's what Jim Cleveland said. I'm a Christian. Okay. And my Christian beliefs are you don't do interracial marriage. Oh, yeah. I That's the way it was brought up. That's the way I believe. I have black friends. I hired black people. <laughs> but when it comes to all the stuff you see on TV, when you see blacks and whites together, it makes my blood boil because that's just not the way a Christian is supposed to live. Yeah. That's, like, uh, that's what every Christian in the world believes. So yeah, I don't and see a again, there. the question was, hey, w- what are you wearing? Like, yeah. it had nothing to do with interracial <laughs> anything. And he does not have black friends. Show no, me one. He of, does not what have the black hell? Anyway, friends. So, voters in the area were angry enough mm-hmm. that they got the signatures necessary to actually do a recall election. <laughs> For this guy and the mayor. Oh. They're having a recall election next month. And so theoretically, if voters get their shit together, they could boot this guy out of office. Dope. Yeah, that's awesome. So what is Jim Cleveland doing now? Um, renounced his racism. Nope. Took a class on black history. No. Is a feminist. No. Um, is doing work for the homeless youth. Close, but no, not even. Uh, He's resigning. Oh, he said. Oh, that's even better than all the things I said. He said. (laughs) My thinking of the recall recall election was: if they got it this far, then why go through an election and let them recall me? I'll just resign. Like you can't fire me. I I quit. quit, And then he goes on because again, this is the sort of guy who doesn't shut up. Sure. Um. I'm tired of hearing it. They are calling me a racist. Yes. And I don't consider myself a racist. Of course you and don't. I'll tell you why. Yes, 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 yes. I have very good friends that are black. No. I have Spanish, Asians, all kinds of members in my church, and none of them consider me a racist. Have you ever <laughs> talked to them, sir? Because I bet if you knew them personally, you wouldn't call them I have Asians. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Asian here. He's a racist. Can I- <laughs> I'm not his friend though. My Asian. <laughs> you you like and everybody, too. man. <laughs> By the way, the mayor has not resigned, so voters <laughs> will still get a chance to recall her. But he's he's like, no, how dare you call me racist? By the way, interracial marriage is wrong. You can't fire me. I'm quitting. Bye. This is my as f- if he dropped the mic right after that. Right. This is my favorite, like 21st century. Uh, trope that's been happening over and over is like I will say racist things that are racist on their face but if you call me racist that's the real hate crime <laughs> like it is so buck wild how these people that's want a Republican party platform yeah, exactly. right there yes um, let's while we're at it let's talk about Trump's racism too so racism bigotry whatever you want to call it here sure. Yesterday. Wait, hold on. Before you do this, oh, I yeah. have to do stories. Yes, please. We have a, we've fallen into a comfortable rhythm. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, from Katie. I just celebrated my one-year secular anniversary. Before hey. that, I, I was Catholic. Really Catholic. About to become a non-Catholic. The second last straw was a pre- priest making a trans joke from the pulpit. Like, what even? Mm. The actual last straw was having the dubious honor of contributing yet one more name to that list of sex, sex offenders in Pennsylvania in the wake of that grand jury report. Telling my story was the hardest thing I've ever done. It seems like the perfect moment to mic drop my way out of the whole religion thing. 
I can't really express how important you folks have been on the start of my journey. I'm just starting to rewire my brain to recognize that things that, are nor- that I thought are normal are actually quite fucked up. Your senses of both outrage and humor at all sorts of issues give me courage. Not going to lie, I cried a little when I saw the title of episode 294. Uh, I'm not chewed gum? Really? You promise? Uh, having strangers... About... Uh, the terrible metaphor that Christians love to use that is... If so- you have sex, you're like chewed gum, yeah, you're used, you're no good. a really healthy mindset. Uh, having strangers remind me that the basics of not super Catholic life have been fantastic for my mental health, not to mention entertaining. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll be here for 300 more. That's from Katie. That's awesome. Uh, Donald Trump, let's do this. Yeah. Yesterday, he held a Hanukkah reception. Okay. Oh, that's are a we going to talk about his declaration? Okay. Because- oh, we'll talk about the declaration too, but this is not that. Oh. So during this He's big. He's done two bad things to Judaism in one day. Oh, it's more than that. <laughs> Um, again, everything he touches turns to shit. It's like the opposite of Midas or whatever. But <laughs> among the people he had talking at this Hanukkah event was Pastor Robert Jeffress, who is a Christian pastor who's on Fox News all the time saying, I love Trump. Trump is the best thing to ever happen to Christians, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, Robert Jeffress, come talk to the Jews about Jews. Um, I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Robert Jeffress, by the way, is, is a guy who went on TV years ago uh-huh. and said, and I'm quoting directly, you can't be saved being a Jew. He also, in that same speech, said Mormons are going to go to hell forever and Muslims will go to hell forever. But I'm yeah, quoting, you I mean, can't be saved being a Jew. And John, Donald Trump's reaction is, hey, you should come talk to the Jews. Cool, 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 cool. Jeffress was also invited to speak. Who's at showing the- up to that event, by the way? Who's Dude. like, oh, Trump is doing a cool Judaism event. Count me in. Jared Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he's Jewish. Yeah. Ew, what does he have to say about this? Uh, Nothing, he, he has talk. a spine of a he jellyfish. He doesn't talk. Um... But yeah, then this is one of many things. He also put out a statement basically, or he didn't put out a statement. He basically said to a crowd, there are, like, he, I'm paraphrasing, he, there are bad Jews out there because they don't, because they don't support the Republican position on Israel. As if the only thing that makes you a true Jew is supporting Republican positions on, like, Palestinians. And yeah, let's kill the Palestinians. Like, that's what it means to be a Jew. Okay, I know, I know we've been going through this. So Donald for Trump like, is now the person who gets to decide yeah, how Jewish who, the, someone is. I, I know we've been doing this for such a long time, and we've all kind of like acclimated to yeah. the crazy bonkers shit he says. But can you, um, like, if I said that, if I said there are bad Jews out <laughs> there to my employer, I would have gotten fucking shit canned. I would have had my dog taken away from me. And I should, because I'm an anti-Semite. I don't deserve the Just love of a dog. Go work for Republicans. Oh, my God. It's all God. good there. They're soulless. Yeah. And again, he put out a statement basically saying, if you don't accept the Republican position on Israel, we're basically going to stop giving money to your university. Cool. Stuff like that. Like... It's very much a, look, I'm doing this stuff for Jews. No, you're doing it for Republicans. So bad. And these other Christians are totally fine with going along with <sighs> all of it. Um, he also said, by the way, I forgot this. Um, sorry, it happened like days ago, so I've forgotten it. <laughs> he said to a Jewish crowd at, um, 
at the Israeli-American Council, he spoke to them and said, um, you don't love it. So there are some of you who don't love Israel enough. And then he also said, you have to vote for me, uh, basically, because if you don't vote for me, you're going to lose your money. And, you know, Jews. Woof. Yeah. Holy shit. He said, you're not going to vote for the wealth tax. Let's take 100% of your wealth away. No, no, no. Even if you don't like me, and some of you don't, some of you I don't like, actually, (laughs) you're going to be my biggest supporters because you'll be out of business in about 15 minutes. By the way, no one's doing 100% wealth tax. But also, it's like, you're Jews. You have money. You have to vote for me, right? You have to, even if you don't like me. Ha ha. I'm a friend of the Jews. Vote for me. Yikes. That was like a pre-written type of speech you give. That's a lot for me to handle right now. Yeah. Um, do you have more to talk about or can oh, I read a nice oh, letter? Oh, I have more, but you can read a nice letter. Uh, this is from Kenny. Uh, a new episode drops. I do not pass go. I do not collect $100. <laughs> I immediately listen. It ends. I subsequently get very sad for my lack of patience and delayed gratification. You have a nice balance of politics and other stories. I feel like I know more about church and state separation than ever before, and my desire to protect it grows daily. I'm equally shocked, horrified, tickled, and hopeful each Aww, week. That's I'm sweet. shocked anyone comes out I of our like podcast that. feeling hopeful. <laughs> I, yeah, that makes one I of don't. us. Yeah. Uh, this is a story that happened this morning, but I wanted to talk about it uh, before it becomes a bigger deal, because it will, and it should. Okay. Here's the story. Andrea Anderson, she's a mom in Minnesota. She has five kids. She is a licensed foster mom. Okay. And one night earlier this year, she and her partner had sex. Hey, it's a thing people do. And the next morning, she's like, oh, no, I think the condom broke or something. I don't want to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So called her doctor, got a birth uh, morning Morning after after. pill prescription, went to the local, uh, it's called Thrifty White Pharmacy. That's the name of the chain. I'm sorry, Thrifty White? You know those people. That's my rapper name. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she goes to the pharmacy, and basically, the I'm going to say the pharmacist on duty, George Badeau, refused to fill it based on his beliefs. Oh, and then he warned fuck. her against trying a nearby pharmacy. And then she went to a local CV, not local, she went to a CVS, but this was farther away. The CVS pharmacist You're would not help her. You're fucking kidding me. She eventually had to drive more than 50 miles <gasps> from her home to find a pharmacy that would fill her prescription. And now she's suing those first two places. Yes, girl, get it. Uh, she's doing it with the help of a group called Gender Justice, but they just filed a lawsuit against basically the parent companies of Thrifty White and CVS saying, like, Good. you guys didn't do the one thing you're supposed to do. Yeah, give me medicine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had to drive uh, over 100 miles, according to the lawsuit. She, Anderson drove over 100 miles round trip in the snowstorm t- in order to fill her prescription. While the drive normally takes over two hours, it took three hours because of the storm. By the way, here's the good news, if there's anything to be found here. Thrifty White said that pharmacist is no longer working for them, though they didn't specify Did what the deal is there. Or... It's been a year now. Oh. So I don't know if he got fired because of this or if they well, fired people... him for another reason or he quit because yeah. he didn't want to get fired because that's a thing. Um, or And CVS says we're looking into it because we've gotten dinged for this before. Yeah. And we have policies in place. Clearly something happened. We're looking into it. Um, but take that as you will. I Again, I just go back to... 
none of, none of the the lawsuit didn't say this, and the stories about this didn't say it. We don't know if they did it because they're Christian or Catholic or whatever you want to call right. it. They just said it's my beliefs. Sure. So I don't want to just assume it's a religious belief when it could just be they're dumb. Yeah, but the Venn diagram of people who are right. anti-choice and Christians is a circle. Right. But the idea here is, look, if you're a pharmacist and you're, you think your job is to pass judgment on people, and not saying I'm not going to give you this prescription because I think the medicine could be bad for you or no. it's going to have a bad effect on you, right. which is a legit concern, but also... And part of their job. And part of their job. This is not that... Then you should find a new line of work. That's it. You're not working for the Christian pharmacy where you just get to randomly pick which things people get. And again, they've done this with like like 14-year-old teenage girls who might need birth control for non-sex reasons too. They're like, nope, you're not getting it from me because I know what that means. It's like, one, none of your business. Two, there may be other reasons. And if you were a pharmacist or a doctor or whatever, you would know that. Yeah. You know what's wild is if you kind of shifted the lens and say there was um, a Muslim working at a deli counter. Yeah. And would or do the roast beef. Or a vegetarian working at right. Burger King. But would do roast beef and mm-hmm. do cheese and turkey. But anytime somebody ordered any kind of pork product, they'd be like, no, absolutely not. I won't yeah. do that. People would be up in fucking arms. Christians yeah. would go bananas. Yeah, crazy. if I'm working at like McDonald's, oh, you want a Big Mac? I don't I do Big do Macs. That. You can drive can, 50 miles. Can I interest you in a shake? What is there yeah. that's vegetarian at McDonald's? Uh, not much. Shake and fries? Um, I go to Burger King. I don't really. What? Oh, they have the Impossible Burger. They have the apple pies. Those are pretty good. Oh, I do that's what like... I had as a child. I meant for lunch today. No. <laughs> um. Anyway. Anyway. So, that's oh, by the way, I should say, there's no law in the state that says, like... What? Laws don't prioritize uh, women's health? I cannot believe it. Yeah, they have no law overseeing the kind of situation. However, the governor is a Democrat, the House, state house is a Democrat, and the state Senate... Uh, only has a slight GOP edge. There's no reason they can't pass a law. You said this is Minnesota? This is Minnesota. So Yeah, they've been leaning left lately, too. So. Yeah, hopefully. Um, all right. I have a letter from Kia. <clears throat> Guess why I started with this one. I would mm. just like to start by saying I love Jessica and her voice. I love how much <laughs> she says fuck, and I love every single feminist rant she goes off of. Goes off on. Men are trash. Even my husband agrees. Mine, too, <laughs> Kia. Hemet, you're pretty good, too. Thank you. <laughs> Um, you have posed questions that really make me think, that have challenged how I view the world and made me question what kind of person I want to be. I've grown and you've helped me with that. So I would like to say thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for helping me come to a new understanding. Thank you for helping me shape my new worldview post-religion. I can honestly say I'm an atheist and that's a really freeing way to think. That's awesome. Um, this one is from Matthew. Uh, Matthew grew up in a, in Switzerland in a Ooh. conservative church. Um I kind of knew I was gay since I was 13 years old, but because of my conservative surroundings, I ignored and suppressed my feelings and always thought God would heal me. After years and years of shame and guilt, I had to change something because this God I believed in so much wasn't doing anything. That was when I realized that either being gay doesn't change or God is just the worst creature in the universe. Either way, my faith was shaken and I started researching myself. That's when I found you and your podcast. It helped me reason my way out of religion. Now, this was two years ago. I came out as gay in front of my whole church, about 700 people. I had a lot of discussions with with people from my church. In the beginning, I lost a lot of friends. I was outcasted and alone, but it was worth it. I now live with my boyfriend, work as an atheist activist, and my life couldn't be better. A lot of my reasoning was because of you. I had so many discussion points, which I could use in my discussions. I'm really glad I found your podcast. You helped me change my life in a way I never imagined. Thank you so much. 
Nice. Yeah. Like that. That's very good. Um, there is a Wall Street Journal essay this week that was raising a lot of concern. I was written by a psychoanalyst, Erica Komisar, and what she wrote is that parents who are atheists should lie to their kids for their sake. About... Here's what she wrote. I'm often asked by parents, how do I talk to my child about death if I don't believe in God or heaven? Okay. My answer is always the same. Lie. Oh. The idea that you just simply die and turn to dust may work for some adults, but it doesn't help children. Belief in heaven helps them grapple with this tremendous and incomprehensible loss. Yikes. Yeah. That's not great. Like, horrible advice. By the way... There are ways to talk to kids about death yeah, in a way that's honest it. and that has nothing to do with like saying, yeah, grandma's in the ground now. Get over it. That's how these people think atheists talk to their kids about death. And it's like not at all a conversation people. Ha- I mean, look, as someone who's not a professional in any of these uh-huh. fields, you could easily talk about let's talk about the memory Someone left behind the legacy they're going to leave behind, how we have to make the most of the life we have, how we are better off because that person was in our life, Mm -hmm. at least temporarily. You could talk about death in ways that will make sense to kids. It's not difficult, even if it's not well known. And this lady's response is, nope, just lie. They need to be deluded about heaven in order to have a, I guess, normal upbringing or something. Yeah, that's not Which, great. Which, by the way, would come with the also, indic- like, if you want to teach them, hey, grandma's in heaven now, there's also the possibility she's burning in hell, which I would argue <laughs> is way more traumatic to tell kids. Yeah, and way more likely when it comes to my family. Yeah. Burn bloomkies. Um, <laughs> huh? Do you remember the first time, like, somebody in your family died? And how, how did your... What's the Jane I've been lucky from? that it didn't... Um, um, there's a way, I'm sure. But, like, I've been lucky that I was, I think, in high school when I had a close relative die. Yeah. It wasn't as a kid. Yeah, my grandma died when I was in... June, junior high or high school? Yeah. And so, like, I was okay. I was able to get deal with it. Oh, you know what I mean? I was able to deal with it. And I was already an atheist by that time. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I didn't need help to uh-huh. process it. You know what I mean? Um, but my kids have had those losses already. Mm-hmm. And the oldest one is like four. She's young enough to understand that you know, grandma's not coming back Mm -hmm. or great grandma's not coming back or what have you. Um, And so again, we can have those conversations. We could talk about what that means. I don't know how much of it is getting through, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't traumatic. Right. It's more like, how do you make sense of this to a child? How do you talk about death to someone who doesn't understand what it is? Sure. But the point is there are ways to do it. There are so many atheist counselors out there, Mm -hmm. uh, professionals in these types of fields who could easily have told you how to do it. Yeah. None of them. (laughs) Have I ever heard any of them say you should lie to your kids about it as if that's a good way for them to cope? Yeah. I feel like if it starts with lying to your kids, it's maybe not a strong Strong step, starting point. Um, my first. This is you're gonna make fun of me for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I remember like suffering a loss was my best friend's dog. Her mm-hmm. name was Maggie. She's a chocolate lab. I was obsessed with her. They lived like right around the corner, so I could bike over there. I was obsessed with this dog, and I remember when she when she died. I remember vividly. Um, Daddy, could you not? <laughs> As I talk about another yeah. dog who died, she's yes. being an asshole. <laughs> um, I remember sitting in my friend's mom's lap who's like my second mother and she was like you know god just needed a really good dog up in heaven and called her home blah, blah, blah. and i 
I couldn't have been more than in second grade, maybe. Mm. But even at that time, I was like, that doesn't ring true, nor is it comforting. That was the problem with me. Like, that doesn't comfort. I'm, I am grieving my loss of this, this friend that I had and like imagining her somewhere else that I still couldn't get to. Like I, I wasn't sad because I didn't necessarily understand the concept of death. It was like, I want to see Maggie every day. I see this, I've seen this dog every day for my entire life anyway. And I was young enough that like it was, she was trying to comfort me. She's doing her best. I was wrecked. I was a fucking mess. But anyway, it was, I just remember very vividly being like, I don't think, cause I didn't go to, I didn't have that foundation of like, when somebody dies, we discuss it in this way of them going up to heaven because we just hadn't discussed it in my family very much. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a very good dog. Uh, I'm going to read another story. Uh, another. As one, one commenter pointed this out, you know what's worse than talking to a child about death? You know what's worse than that? Huh. The realization that their parents are willing to lie to them for the sake of convenience because they're going to figure that out. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially if you don't, if like, because that's why it's a lie, right? Because if you don't believe it. Right. Um. I've got a letter from Scott, who is. I'm gonna cut some of this. He is a uh, an organ an organ player. Um, so he now plays. Um, he used to play for the Catholic Church, but then he moved on to Protestant churches, and he does it to supplement his public school um, music teacher salary. So good job, America! Our teachers can't live off one job. Neat. Um, Sitting there in an organ console one Sunday, I thought, wow, this is just some complete fiction bullshit. And then I dove into Richard Dawkins, pretty much all the footage of Hickens, wow, Hitchens, that exists on YouTube. I need more atheist content to keep me sane throughout my work as a church organist. That's when I found your podcast. I usually listen either on my way to church or from church choir rehearsal or on my way home from church on Sundays, (laughs) which is not, I was not expecting somebody to say they listen to us on their way home from church. I love it. Um, Missed. Uh, I owe you such a tremendous thanks for what you do. At the end of 2015, I was standing in my kitchen and had for the first time, the very first time, allowed myself to think critically about my beliefs. I realized nearly instantly that I was an atheist. Suddenly, a lot of things started to make much more sense. I suddenly felt very scared and alone, so I searched for atheist podcasts in my podcast app and found Friendly Atheist. Once I started listening to you, I felt less alone. I felt I had the courage to reach out to secular groups and connect with some truly great people. I hope... You, I, I truly hope you have many more happy anniversaries. That's sweet. Thank you, Ronald. Thank you all. I have one last story for you. This is in Louisiana. This is, there's the Bossier Parish School Board, and this is a district that was hit with a major lawsuit a while back. Basically, every school in the district, it seems, was promoting Christianity Everywhere you look. So Mm -hmm. we're talking head coaches uh, praying with the student athletes. We're talking prayers over the loudspeakers at football games, school events held at churches, choir performances that were singing Christian worship music, Mm -hmm. creationism in class. Like, it was bad. Um, There was a lawsuit. The board eventually settled because they knew they were going to lose. And they said, look, we're not. We're going to stop all this and we're going to stop it from happening again. Okay. And basically, when you sign the settlement, you're saying, I know there's going to be hell to pay if we are found breaking the law again. Mm -hmm. So it worked out the way it needed to. It shouldn't have taken a lawsuit to do it, but there you go. One of the schools in the district is Airline High School. And one of the, they have a student newspaper. 
And I guess in this month's issue, the plan was for the cover to feature like a Christmas tree with ornaments. And each ornament has something a student is thankful for Mm -hmm. over the holidays. And one of the ornaments said, I love Jesus, which isn't a thing that you're thankful for, that you love Jesus. Okay, whatever. But okay, that was a thing. So as it goes to press, the principal who has to oversee all this stuff is like, Oh, no. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a problem, but I don't want to make the decision here. Let me send it to the superintendent. Let me send it to our lawyer, whatever, which is fine. If you don't know what to do, do. that's the right thing to do. And basically, the district's lawyer said, this could be a problem. You know what? We're just going to say you got to change the cover or whatever. We're not letting this go. The student newspaper, in response, published a blank front page, kind of a protest, which actually was like, yeah, it's clever. (laughs) So that's fine. So they printed the blank front page. But there was an article in the Bossier Press Tribune. Basically, that publisher of that paper, who also prints the school newspaper, so he knew about this, Uh that, oh, we're not printing that one? Why not? He knew. He put out this long essay saying, how dare they? How dare the people not... How dare the students or how dare the... How dare the school district put a stop to this? He said, quote, the rights of the majority of the students were violated. In this case, the voice of Christianity was silenced. What a tragedy. Isn't it a shame? It's a literal Christmas tree, my dude. Yeah. Isn't it a shame and an unspeakable tragedy that in today's United States of America, a student expressing I love Jesus on the front page of a school newspaper is seen as unacceptable, Folks, we have to stand up. Christianity is under attack. That was just a little bit of his long, long rant. So brave. And to all of which, you could just say, they didn't censor anything. The kid can still love Jesus and celebrate Christmas. Right. And I would argue, look, if they actually said, we're putting this Christmas tree or whatever you want to call it on the cover, and we invited a whole bunch of students to respond, and this is how they responded, I don't even know that anyone would have cared. No, I don't think so either. Like, as long as the option was there for someone who said, I love uh, Hanukkah, or I don't celebrate Christmas. I mean, as long as that option was there for students to submit something, like, whatever. I don't think this was a big deal. Right. But the fact that the school district said, we're going to play it super safe here because we're not sure and we don't want to get in trouble, that I actually appreciate that yeah. you are so concerned about like doing the wrong thing again because mm-hmm. you've done it so many times that you're being overly cautious to the point where you're like, you know what, just no mm-hmm. to this. Even though I'm guessing if you're an atheist or church separation lawyer, you're like, eh, it's not really a big deal. I think that's what they would have said. But the, right. that they're going overboard, the school board, and saying like, whatever, let's play it safe. No to this. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Then the then the settlement worked. Right. And the lawsuit worked because now they're super cautious. Like, I'm happy to see that. And screw this guy who doesn't, who's a publisher of a newspaper and doesn't understand what censorship actually is. <laughs> oh, man. I love people misunderstanding censorship. Yeah. So it Merry really makes me feel Christmas. so smart. I, dude. <laughs> we're all lawyers when we're talking about church day separation. Right, exactly. All right, I'm done with stuff. You're done? Okay, let me... Um, I've got a handful more. Yes. Um, I would just like to run through them because a lot of them are very nice. Um, 
from Rebecca, who I made a cross-stitch for. I started listening to the Friendly Atheist podcast in March 2019. It it quickly became one of my favorites. I was already an atheist when I discovered the podcast, but I've been listening to it (laughs) unreligiously every week. While while I was slowly destroying all my faith in humanity, I really enjoyed the banter between Heaven and Jessica. See, that's that's the thing I'm going for. Destroy faith in humanity. Because if I feel like this, I think everybody around me does too. Um, Ryan, who the first part of his letter, he's ex-military, grew up very, very, very Republican. Um, you both inspired me to open up about my religious views with my family. My family took it better than I expected when he came out as an atheist than I expected. And my grandparents were disappointed, but the relationship hasn't changed much. Funnily enough, they're more upset with my political views changing more than my atheism. I cannot thank you enough for the work you both do. Uh, just keep my story in mind when things get bleak. People can change, and you both have a voice in inspiring that change. Good. These are such nice letters. Also, yeah. he said he voted for Hillary, which I was into. Yeah. Um, from Ryan. On Rack, Ona Ross and Carrie. Uh, was the podcast that really helped open my eyes to the blind conviction I had in my faith. After stumbling through several post-faith and atheist podcasts, I landed on yours. Um, over the last five years, you guys have been a mainstay in my subscription in my subscription list. As other podcasts come and go, you guys are always there. My friends from Aurora. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was from Ryan. Molly, nice. your podcasts bring a young, fresh perspective and political societal awareness to the issues facing their supposedly secular nation. I recommend your podcast to any people that seem interested. I'm happy to say that several of my friends now follow you on social media. Thank you. Uh, you've greatly helped counter the angry atheist stereotype I have adopted and I have adopted many of your friendly ways when dealing with God botherers and the like. Yeah. Um, this is from Helen. I'm a new atheist, almost a year old, which I've been, I was really enjoying. A lot of people would like say how old they were as I'm atheists. I'm a baby atheist. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost a year old. Yours is uh, one of the first podcasts I found. I listened to the entire archives and played the new weekly episode the moment it comes out. I've learned so much from you both. You inspired me to be better and to challenge myself. So I'm Eugene, uh, Gene, on, he follows me on Twitter. I see him once in a while. Um, I've been listening to your podcast about three years now, and I look forward to hearing it every week. Your podcast is the first atheism one I found shortly after discuss, discovering this medium. I enjoy the style and format. For me, it's like listening is like hanging out with a couple of very cool friends. Haven't? No so one's ever said cool. that. That's not true. Um, two more, three more. Um, this is from Elaine. The, uh, the Friendly Atheist was the very first atheist content I started following. I enjoyed that you also talk about about politics and share my same views on that as well since i don't have anyone i could talk to about my newfound atheism i enjoyed listening to Hammett and jessica talk about what i couldn't put into words i haven't missed an episode since i found you guys my views have branched more towards skepticism as a label for myself and by the way thanks jessica for reminding ono ross and carrie which has led me to <laughs> finding the skeptic movement um a couple of these ones that mentioned ono ross and carrie i shared with ross from ono ross and carrie i hope that's okay he was very delighted to see them um from Adam, um, you've been invaluable in keeping people up to date on Christian rights quest to stay in power and force everyone to obey their rules, even as their influence dwindles in society. Local school board stories, lawsuits filed by the Christian right across access, uh, uh, to ugh, filed by the Christian right to access government funds and keeping tabs on things like Project Blitz are why I love the show. So I find what you guys do so important to collect and document items that affect atheists' freedom especially in a time when we don't have much power or friends in control of the government. Once again, congratulations on 300 episodes. Thank you for all you do. Um, Eric says, uh, my, li- my wife 
So he uh, advanced to church to church, converted to Greek Orthodox when he married his wife. He's also a BSU grad. Chirp, chirp. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend knows how I feel in regards to my questioning of belief, but I have yet to say the A word to her. I'm not sure how well that will go over. For now, this is something that I will be keeping to myself and share with you, my dear friends of the Friendly Atheist. Through my readings and research, I found you guys. I cannot thank you enough for what you do. I look forward to listening to you guys on my commute to and from work. You help me solidify my beliefs, and I thank you. Um, and then Adam, uh, the podcast really helped me feel comfortable outwardly acknowledging my atheism and standing on my own with my religious family and friends. I really appreciate all the work you put into the podcast and my favorite one to listen to every week. Thank you guys so much for yeah, all these and notes. And I couldn't That's read them awesome. all. This was a lot. Anyway, I yeah. appreciate y'all sending these in. Like some of these were long and I read. And we read them. Yeah. We read yeah. every single one of they them. They were sweet. Yeah. Um, Man, it's it's nice to know that people are listening because there are so many gazillion podcasts out there <laughs> and you never know because you don't get immediate feedback or anything. Yeah. So it's sweet that people are willing to take some time and write letters. Yeah, Thank you. It's the, the, kind of the nature of podcasting is it's just me and Hammett in my kitchen every week. Yeah. Like, it's you don't get feedback really at all. So it takes something like this to be like, are we doing this right? Like, is this what you want it to be? And it's, um, it's, it's meant a lot. It, it really makes me feel good that a lot of people, and I didn't obviously cut these down a lot. A lot of people talked about how their views, cause I think most people coming to this were at least atheist curious. <laughs> um, but it, it was really, I, I forgot there was one I may have sent along to you. I can't remember, but someone said, I disagree with all your takes. But I listen listen. because I want to hear what, like, the other side is saying. Yeah. And I think I wrote back, like, we'll get you eventually or something like that. That's fine. That's good. Because it's nice that you're willing to listen to people you totally disagree with. And I hope that we're convincing at some point. Because I don't think you're going to change your mind like that. It's going to take a while. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're constantly exposing yourself to those other ideas to begin with. Yeah. And it, it always, like, it is obviously very special in my heart when somebody says that they changed their views on, on feminism or women's rights because they heard somebody talking about that. That, that is very meaningful to me. And um, one time, I don't know if I've said this on the show, from my dad called after he listens to once in a while. Uh, and my dad, who was a lifelong Republican uh, but voted for Hillary and has already dedicated himself to um, phone banking for whoever the Democratic nominee is, he fucking hates Trump. <laughs> uh, he called me. He's like, you know what, Jessica? I agree with 99% of the things that you say, but I'm just a lot less angry about it than you. And I was like, that's, that's fine. I'm angry enough for everybody. Everyone should thank, or everyone can give us a gift of, like, go volunteer for your local campaigns. Yes. Work in your local campaigns. Donate a couple bucks to your favorite um, Democratic candidate. There's, um, Pod Save America is doing a thing where you can donate to whoever the ultimate nominee is Hmm. because campaign this is such a one of the reasons that incumbents often win is that they don't have to primary and primarying is extremely expensive so once you get to the nomination point your coffers are kind of low um so i know pod save america is doing a thing that um it's just you're donating to whoever becomes the candidate so they have the money to to take on trump and his media Bohemoth. Um, also, Stacey Abrams is doing a um, uh, voting rights group that she's making sure that people in, in some threatened states have the right to vote. Um, 
and she's doing really, really great work, so I would recommend checking that out, too, if you're looking for somewhere good to spend your money. It's called uh, Fair Fight. Fair Fight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you... And if you do Support donate to one of these... Support the next vice presidential candidate. What? The <laughs> next... Oh, God. So, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. This is such a wild turn of events in my life. I really was <laughs> never expecting to to be here and be, like, a weird radio personality that was... I don't know. I'm, it's exciting, and it's very flattering. And it's nice to not sit at a computer and type stuff out. It's nice to actually talk the stuff out with, like, actual human. Yeah, it is. And, and it also, so I appreciate it. I, I try to, if I see something that I know is going to come onto the show, I really try to, like, avoid it so I can <laughs> take it in along with everybody and figure yeah. out, like, what's going on? What do I really think? Like, what's the big picture? And not be reactionary, which is really easy to do. Yeah. Um, and not to say I'm not reactionary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you guys, thank you. Um, thank you for your support and your ongoing um, listenership. Uh, you can, if you like what you do, what we do and want to help us keep doing it, like we just got new mics because we had some complaints that our sound quality was getting shitty. Um, you can donate at uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. It also helps. You know, make sure my dog has food to eat every day. Leave reviews. Leave reviews. I, I did my favorite thing, which is I was having uh, drinks with friends and pulled up the podcast reviews so I could read mean things about myself to my friends. <laughs> Not as many as they're used to. Aww. It's really Aww. disappointing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry. I'm going to say it slow. Somebody told me they had trouble understanding me. Also, I don't think English was their first language, so I understand why you can't understand shit I say. <laughs> it's Blueberry. B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. It's stupid. I know it's my friend's nickname for me in high school. And, like, I didn't know anyone would need to know my fucking <laughs> Twitter handle when I was 22. At Hemant Meta. In high school. <laughs> I'm at heaven, but uh, go um, to friendlyatheist.com. Yeah, email it's all us good. at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com if you want to. Maybe we'll read more nice letters because it really made me. Turns out <laughs> when people say nice things about you, it makes you happy. What? Did you know that? No, no one does it, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll see uh, we'll you, talk next to you next week. week. Bye. Bye.